Hello everyone, Drew Noel here, Head of Ops Advisory at MagKudu. Uh, thanks for joining us today for Marketing Ops Confessions with David Crater. Uh, David, thanks for joining me today from Workato. Uh, thrilled to have you with us. Uh, a longtime ops practitioner uh, and just uh, stoked that you're here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Very cool. Awesome. Um, so uh, just a couple of housekeeping items for everybody uh, as we're getting into the conversation. Wanted to invite everybody to interact in the chat. Um, using LiveStorm chat there. And then also, um, if you have a specific question for David or myself, please uh, put that into the questions section uh, as opposed to the chat. So quick differentiation there, uh, and we will keep an eye out for specific questions. But feel free to, um, of course, chat amongst yourselves and uh, discuss the topics we're going over. Um, David and I actually jumped on a quick prep call and discovered that we had a lot in common. So wanted to uh, actually just kick it off with the, the first point, which is um, we kind of discovered we've been living almost like parallel career paths or parallel lives in a way. So, um, you know, David, if, if you wanna walk us through like your career journey and kind of where you've been and uh, how you've arrived where you are at Workato and where, where you see yourself headed in general in the future? Yeah, uh, well, yeah, the future's uh, an interesting question, but to sort of, yeah, give a little bit of background, I, I really kind of just fell into ops. Um, I studied psych in, in college and um, my dad, my, my mom and my dad both worked at HP. My dad's like an engineering program manager. And so I guess, you know, yeah, and I was raised in Silicon Valley, right? So like, I have sort of like an innate interest or background in tech. Um, but yeah, studied psych. And my first job out of school was just doing marketing, uh, did, did an internship and, and ended up joining Bright Talk and was just doing, yeah, like kind of demand gen emails and whatnot. And, and I was given on day one of my first job out of college, I was given admin access to Marketo and Salesforce, which led to <laughs> some interesting stories. But, um, but I just like, I really loved, you know, I, I came to get really interested in, in Marketo and marketing automation, right? It was kind of like, I was like, oh, this, it's kind of like, it feels like I'm coding, but there's a graphical user interface. And I just love the automation of it all. And um, got really involved with the Marketo community. Courtney, who's, who's here today is uh, someone I, you know, one of the many folks I met through that community and, um, became a really big Marketo nerd, you know, Marketo champion, certified expert paid for out of my own pocket, all that sort of stuff. And then one day ran into the VP of customer success at a Marketo event. And he was, <laughs> I think he was like impressed in a, in a good way by how nerdy I was about Marketo. And he's like, do you want to like talk about Marketo all day as your job and like help our customers. So, so uh, yeah, then spent several years on the professional services team at Marketo and Adobe throughout the IPO and both acquisitions. Um, and then again, at an event one day. Uh, so, so in, in, in that time at Marketo and Adobe, I worked with hundreds of customers, right? Um, everything from like five person startups where we were literally meeting in a house for the onsite 
um, to, you know, by the time I left Adobe, I was the primary consultant on their AWS account, right? So um, lot, lots of different experience there, really cool. Consulting is just such a cool way to get experience. You just see everything. Um, and then, yeah, one day at, a, at another event, ran into Workado. They were actually a customer of mine at one point, but um, yeah, ran into them at another event. And I, I just saw Workado as sort of like the next level of automation, right? Like automating across the enterprise, across the tech stack, uh, instead of just automating within Marketo or marketing, you know, you can like automate across the stack. So um, had a great conversation with some folks at Workado and ended up joining the team. That's awesome. Very cool. Yeah. And it's, it, it's interesting, right? Like that, I think that's going to maybe end up being our, our primary theme today is sort of the within and without um, discussion around the MAP, the connection to the CRM. And very often, you know, MOPS can sometimes be considered in its, in, in its most limited form as only related to MAP CRM or even just MAP, right? Um, it's like, if we're like, okay, well, wait a minute, there's a lot more going on in that universe. And there's a lot more potential for leverage and optimization within uh, the overall tech stack um, as, as we're going to get into. Um, and I, I think uh, from, from your perspective, you know, I, I'm going to, I'm going to raise kind of the devil's advocate question and, and leverage maybe like some of the background there. Um, you know, we, my experience has been that, you know, integration in general, and kind of that cross stack discipline or the ability to understand the data supply chain inputs outputs and kind of where the data is coming from and where the data is going to in its detail and also in a strategic aspect is not always the strongest suit of the overall marketing operations practitioner um, and i'm i'm calling myself out on that too because to a certain degree before i had um, you know, even managing teams in the past, like I've had a solutions architect or a systems architect who was able to kind of do those integrations or a data engineer who was managing those types of things, but I didn't really know how it all worked myself, even, right? It was like, yeah, I need the thing to connect to the thing. Could you, uh, I, don't, I don't really know. So now being at Magkudu for the last, uh, you know, coming up on a year and a half has, you know, been very, very focused in terms of you know, the, the modern data stack overall and all of those various connections and kind of want to just raise it as just a, you know, to, to maybe, um, increase the, uh, the polarization within the discussion. But do you think that maybe the fact that, um, the Marketo integration with Salesforce and it's ease of use, maybe, um, almost sets that expectation within the, the brand new marketing operations person to kind of be like, well, I don't need to worry about the integration because really it's like the SFTC permissions and like the profile and all of those things, like that's set by maybe my CRM team most of the time, especially if you're in like a mid to late stage or like enterprise shop. And I just don't need to worry about it because whatever's coming in is what's coming in. And then I'm going to use that. Um, so, you know, also like, how does that really impact the way that potentially, and I think from your perspective, working, being at Workado now, 
I'd love to hear your thoughts on, you know, how to maybe break that mindset if that is the case. Yeah, I, I think it's a really interesting, um, really interesting area of discussion, right? And I, I, I would uh, sort of point out that, like, you know, at some point, however many years ago, like, you know, you didn't, you didn't need to type, you didn't need to be able to type to work at like a tech company, right? So, like, keeping that in mind, um, I think it's 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 generally safe to say that like as time continues like your technical your your technical skills need to continue increasing in order to sort of retain your value and i'd say that's true for like a lot of different positions but you know speaking mostly from my own experience and, and then of course there's sort of the other side of leadership right if you like that's a whole different skill set right if you're trying to get into leadership that's like a, a a different area and then maybe you don't need to uh, focus as much on the technical stuff but but yeah just keeping in mind that generally speaking you want to get more technical over time or people do get more technical over time um the marketo salesforce integration is a really interesting place to start because it it's yeah it's, it's like you say somebody joining marketing operations might think that, oh, I don't need to worry about the integration because it's native. But uh, I think increasingly it's the case that, and, and I know it's already been the case for me that the better you understand, like at least you should understand well how the native integration works, right? Phil Fernandez, the CEO and co-founder or pre former CEO and co-founder of Marketo once said that the Salesforce integration was the 10x feature that really like made Marketo so, so successful in the first place, right? And so if you like think about that, like the, the Marketo Salesforce integration was the feature that made Marketo so successful in the first place. Marketo is like 13 or 14, however many years old now, right? Like that, that integration is now being commoditized, right? And, and it's important to be able to you know, I, I think that we there there are companies out there who do not use the native integration, especially enterprises, and yeah. they build custom ones, right? And so it's increasingly important for marketing ops to be able to think about how would we build a custom integration or build on top of the native integration, right, and build new integrations. Yeah, no, absolutely. It you know, and and I will acknowledge that 10x feature, um, especially because I I was first a Salesforce admin then an Eloqua admin, then a Marketo admin. And so it was like, oh, like, yeah, the integration piece of Marketo, that's way easier to manage. Yes, less flexible than Eloqua, but easier to manage for sure. So that was that was an interesting point in terms of that, that transition. And I think also, I mean, you know, I, I, we didn't really, we didn't really touch on this in, in our, in our prep, but it's, it comes to mind now is what, you know, one thing I see is that very often um, the API capabilities of different platforms are not always super flexible in themselves and I'm not going to name names on this, like, but I'm always interested to hear from the perspective, especially like Workado, which is a, like to a large degree, it needs to be a neutral party and, you know, work across various different tools and connect to them and provide that value in terms of recipes, et cetera. I mean, 
what what do you think that builders of new tooling can do to make their APIs as flexible as possible without, you know, completely throwing the baby out with the bathwater and they basically like don't have that value prop locked in maybe. Like it's like, where's that, where's that equilibrium point where you're like, okay, you give me access and flexibility, but you don't necessarily like, you know, you still have things within your system or your platform that are going to provide inherent value. Yeah. It's, uh, and we're going through this actually right now internally at Workado, um, where, you know, we have, we have, uh, like 60 or so, uh, team members who have access to Workado, which, you know, of course has the power to delete your entire Salesforce database or do all sorts of ridiculous things. Right. So, um, with great power comes great responsibility and, uh, and also, uh, need for governance um so so you know when we're, we're going through this exercise of sort of certain certain apps uh have api limits that you need to think about right i mean all of them technically have limits right um but uh but like with marketo for example you need to think about yeah there's there's kind of a hard limit of like something like two hundred thousand. API calls per day. And so we, you can't just have anybody building a recipe that hits your production instance because um, it's, if, if they build it, if they build their integrations, their automations in an inefficient way, it might be pinging Marketo like 5,000 times instead of when it could have been like five, right? So <laughs> I a model to govern like which connectors people have access to and uh, what they're able to do uh, as far as integrations is important when, when you get to a certain scale, right? I think at, at early on, it's really, and we, we try to do this as much as possible. It's really actually useful to give as, as much, you know, empower your team as much as possible to do whatever they want to and experiment, right? So that there's a lot of value that comes from that, but you, you got to balance it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it brings to mind like, um you know, in a couple of cases, I found myself like chasing down random Zapier integrations that were still running off of somebody's personal account, you know, and, and you're like, yeah, that, that does exactly what we needed to do, but I can't even control it anymore because it's just running and I don't know where the connection is. <laughs> I don't have access. That person quit two years ago. Like, I don't know what's going on. Like <laughs> so, yeah. um, No, I mean, in, in that aspect, I think you know, from the, from the, I, I think you bring up a, a really interesting point that I think we all run into, especially as we get into larger and larger data volumes is, and I'm going to throw it out there too. I don't, I haven't seen anyone yet create an effective set of tools that manage throttling caching, like thresholds, cutoffs, things of that nature. And I mean, again, like, it's funny because I think, you know, hey, much love to the audience, but like you and I are kind of going deep here on like the overall like modern data stack aspect of things and making sure that, yeah, I mean, 
there's an inherent liability in like pushing huge amounts of data to like, for instance, the account object in Salesforce, right? Because the downstream impact of that could be significant in terms of workflow triggers and processes and whatever else is going on within the CRM. But what, like when, when do we get to a point where there's like a master, a, a true master hub of sorts where it's like, you know, I think segments tried to do that to a certain degree. Workato has aspects of that. Uh, I mean, we've seen it with five tran, of course, like there's, there's all these different aspects that are really included, but why, like, when do we think that that's going to be potentially democratized to a large degree? I mean, and if not, it's like, is that really the number one value prop, at least to the enterprise for like the overall connector space, right? Yeah, I think it's definitely an important one, um, sort of this this like data hub or master data management system, right? Because, um, you know, when, when kind of circling back to the Marketo Salesforce integration, like when that came out and it's like, it was so great and it is, it is it's a very strong native integration, but now that, you know, the software space has exploded, you have data everywhere. Um, it's, I think, folks are starting to realize that having like a really tight integration between two apps is um, good, but like perhaps a better solution would be to have like one database to rule them all. So you connect everything, Marketo, Salesforce, Sendo. So like whatever you're using, like stream all the data into a central location. So, so that could be like Snowflake, which is, yeah. growing like insanity right now um right so like maybe taking all this data streaming it to a central location and then having that feedback out to each app individually so that if you decide to make an update to every single account record in salesforce like there's not going to be any significant issues uh it, you know if if you were to kind of disconnect salesforce and marketo and you have uh, all these different apps receiving their data from a central database like snowflake um, you, you can start to avoid some of those problems, but so I think that's, that's a central, that's a central use case is especially for, you know, mid-market and enterprise companies. You see these, these like CDP, um, or master data management systems, right. Mm -hmm. But then there, there's still, it doesn't, it doesn't eliminate the need to be able to automate workflows. Like just in our, in our, um, in our conversation sort of before this, um, I mentioned like, you know, we have a sales intelligence call monitoring tool that listens for competitive mentions. And like, when that gets, when, when we, when we like at Workato, if, if this tool hears a mention of one of our competitors, it'll like flag that on the opportunity, add the person to a certain uh, nurture sequence in the marketing automation. And I didn't mention this in our pre-call, but it also We'll go look up to see like which which reps at our company have beat that competitor in the past three months the most, and then it'll send a Slack message to the AE and CC the other reps to say like, hey, your 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 prospect mentioned this competitor. 
you should connect with these folks, right? Um, so there's like, you know, but those are sort of like um, the onesie twosie workflows where it's, um, you know, we're not talking big data, right? So there's like the master data management CDP side of things, but there's a lot of opportunity for for other automations. And and we're we're trying to figure out for some of this stuff, like where does it lie in our organization as far as responsibilities go, right? Like um, we want to do, we want to set up master data management. Like, is that something marketing operations is going to do piping all the data into Snowflake and all that? Or like, or do we need to work with BT on this sort of stuff, right? Like just those organizational questions, right? And responsibilities. No, absolutely. And I mean, that's, that's, you know, that that's where I, I see this conversation heading next is, you know, how do you, how do you potentially, or what is maybe the most optimal organization of people, processes, and technology in order to facilitate the greatest leverage across not only the stack itself, which is of course like the technology centric piece, but also more so like from a customer centric perspective, how you're servicing the overall go-to-market motions and the go-to-market organization um, you know, from marketing sales and the customer success side of things yeah. as well. Right. Now we get into like the whole like rev ops topic and then, yeah, like org structure. So like, I think, um, you know, at, at like a fundamental level, um, and, and this, this is not necessarily, this framework is not specific to marketing ops. So I've, I've reached out to recently, you know, as we're growing the team over at Workado, like I've reached out to connections who are leaders at like, like marketing ops leaders at like, um, you know, Zora, um, uh, Asana, Slack, um, mm-hmm. Salesforce, right? Like I've, I've kind of been gathering feedback on this topic because it's something I'm thinking about a lot. And I, the way I think about this is you, you want to have sort of like a platform as far as org structure goes. And again, this is not specific to marketing ops. You want to have like a platform team or sort of like a systems team, which is like your, your system admins for some of your major platforms. And like, they handle like the tech, the, the, the architecture of your, of these systems, of these key systems and, and, and how, and, think about tech strategy, right? Like what new tech are we bringing on? Maybe what services we need, uh, that sort of stuff to, to really just think about optimizing the tech stack on, on the, uh, from an architectural and like integrations standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then you have, so that's kind of like the platform team, right? And then you could have like, in the case of marketing operations, a like campaign, ops team that's just like but you could also call this like the execution team right just like executing campaigns uh or or whatever it is that marketing needs needs to do right like marketing ops are sort of the experts in like developing that center of excellence for execution and and really just like getting stuff out the door right and in a really efficient manner so you've got like platform execution and then I hope someday, uh, you know, we'd love to have like marketing intelligence, right? Yeah. Or, or just, but you, this third pillar could be intelligence, right? So just um, once that data is in Snowflake and you have some BI tools layered on top of it, like ThoughtSpot or 
what have you, um, you know, just diving into the data, like data quality analysis, forecasting, this sort of stuff. So you've got that intelligence aspect. And then finally, uh, a planning and enablement mm -hmm. uh, department where, and, and it, you know, regardless of which team you're on, you know, as long as technology is involved, you want to have these pillars, you want to have somebody, maybe like a marketing operations program manager or whatever, who's like sort of responsible for delivering like three to five key projects per quarter or something like that. And then, and then also somebody to like, make sure the team is enabled, right. On how, how to do their jobs, not just the ops team, but like the, all your stakeholders are enabled on how to use their, the tools that they have available to them. Right. So platform execution, intelligence, and planning and enablement. That's my pitch. Um, yeah. I love it. I think it's, it, I mean, it's, it's great because you, you're not only focusing on the establishment of the, the stack itself, you're then focused on the products that that stack is producing. And then also making sure that the individuals who are, are mandated to, you know, work within that framework are enabled to the maximum degree possible and that the machine itself continues to move forward and progress with that sort of PMO like approach and, and the, the program ops perspective as well. So no, it's awesome. Um, it's really interesting because that, that aspect of things, I think, you know, brings up a, a question around, you know, one of our favorite things to discuss on marketing ops confessions is kind of, again, career track, like professional development, how, how does one move forward in their career? And yes, I mean, maybe you're um, in, you want to pursue a leadership track. Maybe you want to pursue like a, an advanced specialist track, right? Which is almost like a senior fellow, like, like they have at shops like Intel, IBM, et cetera, right? Where it's like, you're this management, super technical, like advanced consultant and considered a, a leader in that aspect. So there's a couple of different ways that we can say like, all right, well, what's the track? And also if you wanna be a generalist, right? How do you maybe put together the appropriate like advancement and does it really follow that framework uh, in terms of advancing your own knowledge of the systems and processes involved? Yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, you know, wherever, I think it depends a lot in sort of like what sort of company you are working at, especially if you're early on in your career, like if you're a startup, if you're at a startup, you're probably just, you know, you will inherently be more of a generalist than if you start at an enterprise, right? Um, so you, at an enterprise, you can like go really, or like if, if you're, you know, like starting a new career, like you'll inherently sort of go really deep in one area within an enterprise. And you like, <laughs> to your point, like people who are starting might not think about like, oh, how does the integration work? If they're just like, uh, really focused on one area. Whereas if you're at a smaller company, you get a wider breadth of experience. Um, I think there's value in, in both of those and and figuring out like, you know, when you think about career tracks, like you also got to think about, and, and it takes time to figure this out, whether you want to work at an enterprise or you want to build one. Uh, mm -hmm. And 
Yeah, so I, there, there's a lot of considerations there. Uh, I think, especially as all these, you know, there's a lot of talk about like RevOps and ops teams sort of merging together. Um, you know, in that regard, it's it's good to have a generalist background so that you have a understanding of these different departments, sales ops, marketing ops, customer success ops. Um, but, um, but yeah, if, if you like have a passion for building and like, yeah, just building really cool stuff, then, you know, a specialist, specialist trajectory could be what you're looking for. Um, if you enjoy it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I, I mean, to that aspect, I think there's an important point to advocate for, you know, because I think we, especially within like the LinkedIn space and like within our social media, we see a lot of like, Hey, like, how do we become more strategic in like marketing ops? How do we like up level like this capability? Well, it's like, yeah, you, you could do that, but also how do we create an equitable framework for, for individuals who want to continue to pursue deeper technical understanding, but aren't necessarily going to directly move into management, right? Like it's like they, they aren't necessarily interested in doing that, but how do we create a path that is relevant so that it is, it doesn't become, you know, and, and I'll, and I'll call this out. I mean, you see almost a, um, a commoditization of, of web skills. Right, where like the front end web skills or the web developer, I mean, I I think it's unfortunate because it's also a place where ops a lot of the time gets hamstrung is that we don't necessarily know like JavaScript, we don't necessarily like understand like JSON payloads, like we don't we don't think about that end of things very often. And if you have that in your tool belt or that you're actually somebody who's super strong at doing those sorts of things, the types of automations that you can do and the types of, of data manipulations that you can do and the experiences that you can create from a customer perspective are pretty incredible. So it's, it's a funny thing where you're like, well, wait a minute, like, are we really just like allowing the technical person to continuously be like hyper commoditized where it's like, okay, well, like, okay, fine. Like just, we're all going to like try to be like leaders and then we're all going to like, you know, the, the people who are doing the work, like, let's just like keep them over there working on stuff and not really like acknowledge that. And I think that that's one thing I'll call the management level out on is like, well, wait a minute, that's the job of management is to create that track and make sure that it's facilitated in a, a meaningful way and an equitable way so that it's not necessarily like, cool, we just got these, you know, you just keep hiring like, you know, the kid who's willing to tinker around with the website for like, you know, hours and hours on end. That's not necessarily a viable approach, especially, you know, one I've talked to a number of customers in the last few weeks where they're pained in the fact that they're looking for a hybridized like web data like engineer almost mm -hmm. they're basically be able to optimize that like cookie UTM GDPR like security functionality pull all of like that data down through the website, like, and then actually be able to do something with it and inform the marketing reporting off of it. So that input piece 
that's not the strongest suit of ops, at least that I've seen. And I think that that's the funny thing is that you're like, well, hey, like, let's go like work with the web team. And they're like, yeah, I don't really do that. Like, hmm. so, hey, like we got to figure out those two pieces of the shop pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. That's, I think it's, yeah, su it's super important to work with the web team. You can end up, uh, I, I have personally seen um, in, in former positions where uh, a company would like purchase a tool that they could have, like the entire functionality could have been achieved with a few lines of custom JavaScript. So like having a web team or maybe just consulting a web expert before, like, uh, to, to, yeah, make sure that you have the JavaScript you need to store the cookie values and capture all that and, and then uh, work with, working with them to get it stored in a way that can be valuable for reporting is like essential for, for marketing ops. If you, yeah, definitely important to think about. Yeah. And it's so, it's so interesting because it's, it's this piece that, you know, similar to integration, like has this tendency to kind of be overlooked. It's like, uh, yeah, we like, we, we're going to, set everything up in the middle and then we're like well wait a minute like what about what about the inputs and the outputs right <laughs> like it's like okay cool we like did a bunch of stuff in the middle but what's the ultimate like final place that that's gonna sit and i think it speaks to that point of like marketing intelligence as well and like the bi or business operations teams aligning with marketing and and sales in a more meaningful way because you also see that in terms of somebody who's maybe a business analyst or or somebody who's um, uh, a strong BI analyst doesn't necessarily understand the operational like data inputs that are actually ending up in their reports. Yeah, and they're like, cool. There's a, this attribute or variable, but I don't really know how where that comes from or how it's actually calculated. So again, this is a point of uh, translation that we need to take into consideration. Yeah, and I think that speaks to something that like we've we've been grappling with uh, like at at Workado, which is like um, like our our BT team, our business technology team, kind of you know IT team, but um, yeah, they're responsible for business technology. Like you know, for for folks who have a really strong background in a certain in a given area, like marketing ops or sales ops or probably any of the ops, um, they might be sort of like you know, experts in their, they're, they're, they're expert, they're, they are experts in their domain and the technologies. Um, so, and you see this at enterprises as well, where there's like, you know, IT might, might own Salesforce, right? Um, do you have a Salesforce admin in sales ops or is that fully owned by BT or IT? Um, you know, sort of figuring out, and it's such a blurry line, we're, we're constantly working on it, but we, we work really closely with our BT team to sort of align on what are our goals for the quarter and, and for the for the half for the year, um, because like because there's all these because the apps you just there's so much software out there now that like it, you almost kind of it makes sense to me that we have this core team the business technology team that sort of owns technology overall all all the applications but yeah like you said they they in some cases like haven't been boots on the ground as much within marketing. And so it's super important. I think for any, and this does, this is not just for marketing ops and, and BT, right? It's like marketing ops and sales ops, right? Like everybody, like with these other teams that you need to work with, it's just super important to stay really closely aligned with your 
partners across the business, right? Um, in order to make sure that the business as a whole is running, not just focusing on your own systems, but thinking about like, how do we work well? How do, how do we and our, our systems and our people work well with the other systems and businesses and, and people uh, within the organization, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I, you know, I, I'd love to get your thoughts on this because, you know, I, we, we get the revenue operations concept, right? Which is almost like headed towards a consolidated marketing sales, customer success, or GTM operations overall, that, that centralized approach. And I think, you know, you, you could say like definitely at the enterprise like level, you have more and more shops fully centralizing that function. And maybe it sits even like below finance or the CFO or the COO. And it's no longer reporting to the CMO, the CRO, et cetera. But at the same time, you know, in a scaling operation, it's like, well, we need the tools we need for the primary functions that we're going to execute on. And that is sort of the natural evolution of that. Yeah, you start underneath marketing or you start underneath sales or customer success. You're doing an operational function that's dedicated to that. And then as things build, they then start to come together and then there can be greater coordination across across the enterprise. Right. Yeah. And, and it's going to be interesting to see sort of like, yeah, as you know, if this becomes a thing, which I kind of feel like it is like RevOps, like if this actually becomes a thing where like enterprises start like, you know, 10 years ago, I think I'm pretty safe in saying this, like 10 years ago, I, I don't think marketing operations was necessarily like a, a key role that was that was really consistent in enterprise marketing. Um, I think that's safe to say, I, you know, stop me if you disagree, but like, so I think sort of as these new functions uh, develop over time, uh, it's going to be interesting to see, yeah, does RevOps get accepted and become like an institutionalized thing that even the enterprises are doing? Um, and, and I know there already are some RevOps teams, but yeah, like, are we really going to bring like CS ops and sort of centralize all these ops and maybe all roll up to, yeah, I don't know, CFO or COO seems like a sensible choice to me, but, um, but yeah, I, I think I see, I see it happening in sort of the SMB and mid market. And um, if it, if it does move to the enterprise and sort of become institutionalized, I'm just interested to see sort of like where the leadership comes from, right? Because there's so many different players. Uh, is it, is it going to tend to be like, yeah, more the, the finance or sales or marketing or CS side that tends to have the experience required to, to lead? Or is it really just more about understanding operations conceptually and having strong leadership skills, right? So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, and, and also seeing like how to, how to create that perfect complement of the team. And I think that that cross coordination of of learning from each other is like so like it's it's so like critical you you know i think you know we all have so much to do and we're like okay cool like my own job is like taking up all of my time right like in terms of that's allocated for my professional life and so being like okay well i'm gonna like go and sit with the next um 
you know, the next person over, right? Or that that next piece, you know, within the the flow of the process. And I'm going to see, well, how do they do it? Or what are they doing in order to build what they need to build so that I can better inform my own inputs or even understand the overall relationship better is something that's really hard for all of us to do, I think. And I think we, we have a tendency to read about it from time to time, but like actually going and saying, you know, I'm, I'm going to go to like, a tableau conference like even though i'm not involved in bi or like you know for instance like i i don't do bi i'm an ops person but like i went through like the entire tableau boot camp like one week and was like i'm just gonna learn this thing so that i can actually understand how to inform that and what the capabilities are that the data that i'm providing or the out the outputs that i'm producing that are going to be those inputs for that potential reporting, I can make sure that I have that in mind in terms of formats and, and flow and all of those things. So it's it's hard to do, and it almost takes like a, a semi-sabbatical mindset, like, okay, we're going to hit pause, and I'm going to just go do this. And then all of the ideas kind of come from there, but it's it's time well spent, even though it's hard to carve it out. Yeah, totally agree. I think you know that applies to, yeah, Learning about new tools, super important, especially for sort of, I'm getting to be, you know, a little bit, um, you know, I've been working for a little while now and um, like, I don't have a ton of experience with ad platforms, right? So like taking the time to understand how ads work and what, you know, metadata, right? Money running multivari multivariate tests on your ads and how to really operate, like, you know, stay on top of the new stuff, but also stuff that yeah like you said tableau bi tools where it's not even necessarily something that is really like part of your job but like under taking the time to understand you know what's what is possible and then you can that can help inform you to put out suggestions that your you know your leadership might be like oh that's a good idea um and this and i think this goes not just for technology but also with people like you mentioned sitting down with the the one you know person next to you or in some cases maybe like the team next to you to think about yeah like if you're an individual contributor sitting down with some your teammates to learn a little bit about what they're doing right expand your knowledge and then um if you're leading a team or, or even if you're not just yeah like meeting with with folks on other teams to learn what's important how their operations are working right so that you can develop more of like a a complete mental model and mental map of the the business operations. No, absolutely. No, it's it's super cool. I I think you know. I just just to just to bring it up, I mean, what what was maybe like in in your career and your learning of various tools or processes. You know, and feel free to keep people anonymous if you want, but like, what was maybe like the best experience you ever had and the worst experience you ever had? And let's uh, start with, let's, let's start with the best and go with the worst second. <laughs> uh, as far as sort of like working situations with like, uh, you know, uh, managers or like just company culture and whatnot. Yeah, well, or like, I mean, I was actually thinking just in terms of like the experience of, of being introduced to like a new function yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And maybe like needing to learn a, a particular tool, maybe it was like a UI or a UX feature of something and you were like, this is great or this is just utterly terrible. 
Hmm. Um, and I know that that's unscripted, so I'm throwing it at you, a fastball here. So yeah, no, I'm genuinely trying to think about one. I probably forgot about the ones that I really don't like. I mean, I mentioned Marketo when I first found it. Yeah, and of course, now the Marketo UI is just like when I should when I when I'm training like you know uh, greener greener team members like just people who or anybody who not even just greener team members but like anybody who hasn't used marketo before now i like show it to them and they're like what is this like windows 97 you know with like the <laughs> um so i think marketo has some it's funny timing because we're caught i think marketo announced that they're deprecating uh, marketo sky which was their yeah. new ui um yeah. but like when i first found workato or marketo um I thought that that was it for me, right? Like that tool just made total sense to me, I guess, because I was raised on Windows 97. Um, <laughs> and more recently on, you know, not to self-promote, but really Workato's tool is, has been, because I grew up on Marketo, Workato makes a lot of sense to me because it's got like triggers and actions, you know, it just like the workflow sort of, I, I get it. Um, so yeah, I, sorry, I'm not answering the question very well, but <laughs> no, no, it's okay. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, you're speaking to it. It's it's fine. I think I think it's also a, a point of you know, it it is interesting. You know, having the mindset of like I'm going to try to solve that potential issue, regardless of whether there's a UI snag or like a an onboarding snag or whatever. I mean, speaks to kind of the nature of our jobs, right? Yeah. Like where you're like okay, well, it doesn't work the way I thought it would or the way I want it to, but whatever, I'm going to figure it out anyway. <laughs> like, I, I, uh, I saw, I, I want to address a, a question yeah. from Courtney in the audience. Um, this is a yeah. good question. Any, any moops, uh, marketing operations, oopsies. Um, so I mentioned in my first, in my first gig out of school, uh, I was given Marketo and Salesforce admin access on day one, which of course, no, you know, would never happen. I think nowadays, but, uh, but I, I learned, I, it was important for me to understand how the Marketo and Salesforce integration worked. And I learned by messing up, I went into Marketo admin and checked a box so that like every time Marketo sent an email, it would go create a new activity in Salesforce. Um, to show that that lead or contact had been sent an email and I checked that box and you know the next morning we some email went out for some webinar to like tens of thousands of people or hundreds of thousands of people and uh, probably a few emails and I woke up to a very angry email from our Salesforce like our actual Salesforce admin in EMEA uh, saying that our integration you know Marketo and Salesforce integration was totally broken because we had uh we had ran the limit up. So yeah, fun one. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I I mean, yeah, the 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 moops is I think the classic moops is like getting your filters wrong and then sending the email to like everyone in the database, right? Yeah. And that, that's the internal version of that is like, oh, I crashed our connection because I sent, you know. X 100,000 like, you know, calls, like individual record creations, like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, and that's that's such a perfect example of like, yeah, circling back to our very beginning or, or like earlier in our discussion about sort of having some governance in place to make sure that like, 
you know, it's okay that people are going to build stuff that's terribly inefficient and like such a bad, such a bad, bad way to do something. And that's fine, right? Like everybody, like that, I did it, everybody does it when you're learning, but you got to have that stuff in a controlled environment, right? And, uh, you know, hence the existence of sandboxes and whatnot. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Awesome. Um, one question from the audience as well. Um, Sammy actually asked, uh, you know, in terms of moving from practitioner to manager, right? And getting that, you know, maybe the first time leading the marketing operations function. Um, what's uh, what's your advice in terms of, you know, the, addressing the challenge of still, you know, making sure that things are done correctly, but also extracting yourself from that direct execution role because. Um, you know, being, a, you know, really forcing the operations versus managing them and allowing your various teammates to do them and also establishing process that other stakeholders can follow as well. Yeah, I think um, if anybody has the answer to this one, you tell me, but, uh, <laughs> you know, like I have a couple thoughts, um, like when you bring somebody new on, of course, you have to consider level of experience right like bringing bringing an intern on is different than bringing someone on from who's maybe like transferring from the sales development team because they've really developed an interest in operations or something like that um so you know thinking about okay how how hands-on do i need to be with this team member is is kind of step one and so like in the case of an intern you might want to have like a daily sync it's good for good for you to kind of be able to, for them to be able to bounce stuff off you and also uh, to, you know, to just learn more. Right. But, um, but also think you also want to think about who can you, there, there's also the question of like, whether this person actually reports to you or you're sort of like the, the challenge is really, if you, if you want to become a leader, but you're not really actually, you know, technically a, a manager yet. Right. Like um, so there, there's, a, there's a lot of different factors there, but, um, if you are, if you, you know, if you can sort of have some degree of influence over how a person is spending their time, maybe think about even folks who are not on your team, like who can you pair them up with to that, that might have a shared interest in achieving a goal, right? So that they can learn not only from you because you only know what you know, right? But how do you pair people up with others and each other so that everybody's learning from each other and then you get to learn from every, it's like amazing, right? If you can figure it out, yeah. but I have not. So I'm just talking. <laughs> knowledge party like it's a, yeah <laughs> yeah it's it, it's interesting I, I think I'll, I'll speak from my perspective on that question as well is that the the biggest thing is is make sure that they know that it's okay to ask questions a hundred percent of the time yes like like that's that is the most challenging aspect is that you when you're building a team you need to continue to run those operations yourself, but then packet them out in really the appropriate scalable chunks that people can digest them and then take them on as their own role. And so really slicing up the, you know, as you spoke to earlier, like the functional progression within the process and also those individuals who are focused on the stack componentry, right? Or the integrations, the technical side, those people who are focused on execution, right? 
yeah, we, I mean, if you're building a shop, you're at a startup, you're doing all of those things yourself. And as you grow and you're able to get headcount and it becomes more efficient for you to hand off the various pieces of your own uh, responsibilities, packeting them out in a way that's digestible, I think is super powerful. And also knowing that you have to be available to your team. The, the number one thing as a manager is, and I think this is servant, you know, there's all sorts of like ideas of what servant leadership is, yeah. but literally like all it is, is like be there <laughs> ready to help them get an answer to their question. Like it's really making yourself internal tech support for your overall team. And yeah. if you're the one with the experience, you know, you, you may not have the answer to the question, but you probably know who to ask or where to find the answer, right? So it's sort of that Ben Franklin knowledge, if you will, you know, right? Like you don't know the answer, but you know where to find it. Yeah, yeah, that's a, those are, those are really good points. Yeah, Be, being available to your team, uh, making like explicitly telling anybody who joins your team, like it's always like questions are good, you know, ask them right anytime. Right. And, and always be in there to, to either help them directly or, or get them uh, the resources they need. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I mean, I think we'd all be weirded out if we hired somebody who was supposedly brand new and then they just suddenly like, you know, re-architected every single nurture flow in the company without like, you know, actually asking us anything. And you'd be like, well, I know it's wrong. Like, like, so you'd be like, well, why didn't you talk to me about it? Like so, so please ask questions. Oh. Yeah, it's good. Cool. Um, and Sammy, thank you again for the question. Um, on that note, um, Dave, it's such a pleasure. Uh, honestly, great to meet you. Great to spend some time uh, with the discussion. Uh, really fun to talk about, you know, the technical and the personal side of our work. Um, so thanks a lot for, uh, you know, joining Marketing Office Confessions today. It's my pleasure. Yeah, thank you, Drew. And thanks for all the friends who joined. Um, good to see everybody and, and meet the new folks. So cheers. Awesome. Thanks very much, team. Uh, next week, we've got... Uh, uh, We've got uh, one more marketing ops confessions coming at you. Uh, Sam actually, Sam Lee from uh, Docsend is joining uh, Alex Belos, our CRO, um, will be hosting that conversation. So uh, check it out if you get the chance. Otherwise, thanks to everybody for joining and David, thank you again.